of our time this morning. I'll try to abbreviate uh, this morning's message. But, <laughs> but <laughs> this church is any pastor's dream. Most people are like, Pastor, are we going to get out late this morning? So thank you so much for your hungry, hungry hearts. We want to welcome our online audience. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. Well, it's hard to believe, isn't it, that uh, November just started, it seems, and here we are, we're into Thanksgiving this week. So as I mentioned last week, we're just going to take a bit of a hiatus from our sermon series on the Upside Down Kingdom and uh, just focus our attention on this holiday. This morning, I'd like to share with you on the subject of growing in gratitude. Growing in gratitude, and I've chosen as a text Psalm 136. We're going to read the first four verses of that chapter and also the last four in the Living Translation. So since I don't have my New Living Translation Bible with me, I'm gonna depend on our media team to help us. There we go. If you'd like to read along with me, read along with me. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to him who alone does mighty miracles. His faithful love endures forever. He remembered us in our weakness. His faithful love endures forever. He saved us from our enemies. His faithful love endures forever. He gives food to every living thing. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His faithful love endures forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we thank you today, Father, that your faithful love endures forever. We just pray today that as we hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, that we would increase and grow in gratitude for you're so worthy of our praise and our thanks. In Jesus' name we ask, amen, amen, amen. I think we all know that as Christians, the definitive mark of what really shows that we are truly kingdom Christians, born-again Christians, people who love God, is not by virtue of the fact that we come to church on Sunday morning. It's not by virtue of the fact that we do all the religious things. It's by virtue of the fact that we are growing. Because we all understand that when we come to Christ, we are born again, and we're born, when you're born, you're born as a baby. And a baby needs to grow. And one of the saddest things to ever witness is finding a Christian who has been a, quote, Christian for 20 years, but spiritually, they're still babies. Ooh. Can I say it? They still need their diapers changed. Uh -uh. 
They still need the pacifier because they get cranky. They're not growing in God. The scripture is clear, is it not? Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I know when we think about even spiritual growth, we think about things that we do need to grow in. We do need to grow in grace. We do need to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus in a more intimate way today than you did on the day that you accepted him as your own personal Lord and Savior, then you're not growing. Are we growing in holiness? Are we letting go of the things of the world and our desire for those things and our love now is more attracted and centered and focused on the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we growing in godliness? Are we growing in loving one another? Let, the scripture says, let love increase and abound yet more and more. Do we, ever, do we ever reach a point where we said, okay, I've arrived until we measure the stature of the fullness of Christ, we have not arrived. But we don't think about growing in gratitude. We think about all those other things. I'm sure we do. Any, any sincere Christian wants to become holy. They want to grow in godliness. They want to grow in their love. They want to grow in knowing Jesus Christ in a more personal and intimate way. But how often do we think about growing in gratitude? And it's an important area of discipline in our lives. And I'm sorry if you don't like that word discipline. I know that we are saved by grace. We can never earn our salvation. We could never merit our salvation. It is a free gift. But it's really going to cost us everything we have if we're going to become all that God wants us to become and if we're going to do all that God has called us to do. Because sometimes we can't fulfill our destiny because God can't trust us in what he wants to entrust to us because we've not matured enough. You don't give a child the keys to your car, right? So we need to grow. And we need to grow in gratitude because a thankful heart doesn't just happen. The reality is by the very nature of humanity. We are not a thankful people. Our nature is that we are ungrateful people. We take everyday gifts for granted. If we were to be honest with ourselves, how many of us could say, I got up this morning with a thankful heart? I got out of bed and went into the routine of my day, not thinking about what this day holds, but just thank you, Lord. Thank you for the breath in my lungs, as we sang this morning. Thank you for waking me up. Thank you for your grace that sustains me. Thank you that in spite of me, you love me with an everlasting love and an unconditional love. Instead, our tendency is to grumble. We heard the weather report this morning. Who wants to go out in that bitter cold with those winds? My goodness, those winds. I, I haven't felt winds like that in a long time. 
practically blew me into this church when I left the parking lot. <laughs> we need to understand gratitude is a choice, but developing that gratitude takes intention. And I wonder how many of us this morning have intentional hearts to grow in gratitude. I think we understand because God's word tells us that's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. Amen? The Bible says it is a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. Why are we not more thankful? But theoretically and intellectually, our, our, our mind sense that, yeah, it's a good thing to give thanks to the Lord. But do we really understand how really good it is? So this morning, God helping us for a few moments, I want to uh, talk to you about the goodness of growing in gratitude that really has three aspects. It's a Godward aspect, it's an inward aspect, and there is also an outward aspect. And I trust God's grace that as we uh, get into this message this morning, that will all become more clear to us. When we have a grateful heart, we are acknowledging unequivocally that all that we have comes from God. I don't deserve it. Sometimes we think, I worked hard for what I have, and so we're going to take all the credit. But who gave you the skills that you have to earn all that you have? We need to recognize and acknowledge that everything that we have truly comes from God. And the first thing that we want to address this morning is thanksgiving and gratitude glorifies God. God said in his word that the one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. Do you notice those words, as a sacrifice? Because again, our nature is not to be grateful. And when I least feel like being grateful, that is then the sacrifice that is most pleasing to God and glorifies God. And when we recognize that our role in glorifying God is so very fundamental to our lives as believers, is it not? You know, in fact, it's Christianity 101. If you grew up in a church where you studied catechism, the first question in the Westminster Catechism is this. What is the chief end of man? Think about that. What are you living for today? What is your purpose here on this earth? What are your goals here on this earth? Well, if you knew what the answer to the Westminster Catechism is, you would say emphatically, to glorify God. God gave you and I life for one purpose. Oh yeah, we want to enjoy life. We want to be fulfilled. We want to do all those things that we want to do. But in all of it, it's to bring honor and glory to God. This alone should satisfy the need for any explanation as to the priority of gratitude in our lives as believers. And again, we need to ask ourselves the question, is it a priority? I pray that God would just challenge us by his spirit 
to grow in gratitude. I see a deficit in my own life. And I'm saying what I've always said to you, when I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself. So if you get offended with anything I'm saying, I'm not, I'm saying it to you, yes, because that's my calling to preach God's word, but I'm saying it to myself. So if the shoe fits, wear it and you're going to be blessed. Because when we grow in gratitude, we are going to be blessed because we're going to be bringing honor and glory to God. Whoso offereth praise and thanks glorifies me, God says. You know, we're always looking for the blessing. We come to church to get blessed. We come to church to feel good. We come to church to get hugged. How many of us hugged God today? God, I love you so much. God, I'm so grateful to you. You've been so good to me. You know, we, we sang those words, but were we just singing words or were we singing from the depth of our heart that we really, really understand the goodness and the grace of God and we want to with grateful hearts, with grateful hearts, not out of formality, not out of religious ritual, but with grateful hearts, praise and thanksgiving to God. Let's determine to grow in gratitude so that we could bring him more glory. Gratitude, secondly, helps us to see God. James says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. James poses something that makes us ask a question. Can Christians be deceived? Uh, he answers it for us with resounding yes. In fact, we could be downright blind. But gratitude will open our spiritual eyes. When we have grateful hearts, we come to acknowledge that every good gift that God pours into us is from him. And we don't pat ourselves on the shoulder. We say, thank you, Father. When we live with the awareness that every blessing that we enjoy in our life is a gift, that they all come from the Father, we acknowledge that he is the giver and our focus is on him. I love that song that A.B. Simpson, or I should say that great hymn, himself. Once it was the blessing, now it is the Lord. Look up that hymn. The words of it are so powerfully challenging because in our lives, especially when we're in our carnal estate, we're just thinking about me, myself, and I. <laughs> but when you have a grateful heart, your focus and your attention is on him. You see God in everything. How blinded we go through life and we don't acknowledge have you been acknowledging the beauty of this season and recognizing that, it, that this is our Papa's artistry? Only he could create such beauty in every season, in every, even in the snow. We're just thankful we're not living in Buffalo. <laughs> Gratitude also deepens our faith in God. In Psalm 103, David testifies to his history in God and to God's faithful provision. And he declares this song of praise and thanksgiving. We're so familiar with it. 
But this is something that should come to mind every day of our lives as we give him thanks. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Say it with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. As we're mindful and as we're thankful for his mercies, you know what happens? Our faith grows deeper and it encourages us to know that this is what God has done for us and he will continue to do for us. You know, when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he used the, the three tenses of salvation. He who has saved us is saving us and shall forever save us. I'm so glad that my salvation is not just in the past tense. And I know that Jesus in the past died for my sin so that how many ever years ago when I accepted him into my heart as my own personal Lord and Savior, I became saved. But that salvation is a progressive experience every day I'm being saved. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you get saved all over again. But you experience his salvation. You experience his deliverance. You experience the transformation that comes by the grace of God that is changing us from glory unto glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's salvation. Salvation isn't just kneeling at the altar 20 years ago and asking Jesus into your heart. I recognize that every day of my life, I need to grow in my salvation experience. He came to conform me to the image of a son until I look exactly like Jesus Christ. I've not yet arrived, and I need to continue to experience the salvation of God in my life. And we need to remember our faith is deepened when we remember all that God has done for us. And that's why the hymn writer encourages us, when upon life's billows, we don't sing this anymore, but it's a good, good old gospel hymn. When upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. Anybody been there? When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Anybody been there? Stop right there. Count your many blessings. Name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And we could say with the psalmist David, Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with thee. You know, we have our discouraging moments, but when you stop and reflect on the faithfulness of God as we sang this morning, down through the years, we could say, why am I complaining? Why am I grumbling? Why am I murmuring? Why, why am I groaning here? God's been so good to me. He has been so faithful to me. Some weeks ago when Pastor John spoke, he reminded us about the stones that God commanded the children of Israel to take out of the Jordan River and to set up a monument so that years gone by they could look at that monument and say, I remember. Where were those stones taken from? 
from the very bedrock of that river that became dry ground so that they could pass through. It was actually a river that was at flood stage. But what's too hard for the Lord? Nothing. And God wants his children to remember, and you and I need to set up stones of remembrance in our own lives. What has God done for you that you could reflect back on and say, what's the trial that I'm going through? This is like nothing compared to what he delivered me from, how he showed himself faithful, how good and merciful and kind and gracious he was. Faithful in those deep waters and those great tests. But he did it in the past. He'll do it again. Our hardest days, our worst circumstances, when you look in your book of remembrance, you will see that God is always 100% faithful. Always. He never fails. Thirdly, gratitude puts us squarely in God's will, and I need to hasten on here. The scripture says in a verse that we're all familiar with, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstances. Notice it doesn't say for. That's where we get hung up. Well, how can I thank God for being in a car accident, Dino? God doesn't author those things. God is a good God. He sometimes allows them in his sovereignty and only God can take what the enemy intends for evil, turn it around and use it for good. The bad things that happen to us in life, God says, I want to show you that I'm God. And as bad, as bad as it was, I'm turning it for good. I always think of Joyce Meyer. I'm sorry for bringing, I, I know I've shared this before, but... She's the most dramatic example I could think of. For years was sexually abused by her dad. She was able to say, thank you, God. In everything, even in such horrific, horrific circumstances, because she saw that God turned it all for good. Because through all the dysfunction that she went through, she was now able and is now able to stand before thousands and share the grace of God, how he could change a life and transform a life, even from the depravest of situations, and transform them into the glory and the grace that God can only bring. If we want to live in the center of God's will, and I think every born-again Christian says, oh, I just want to, I, I want to do God's will for my life. I want to be in God's will for my life. And we make it some mystical and big thing. Well, what am I going to do as a vocation? God, show me what your will is. God is saying, I'll show you my will if you walk faithfully with me day by day and you demonstrate that faithfulness when you're able to give thanks in everything. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's the will of God in everything. The second aspect that we want to talk about this morning is the inward benefit that gratitude brings. As we grow in gratitude to God, we're going to find some things happen and change on the inside. First of all, gratitude will bring us peace. 
And who doesn't want more peace? In the kind of world we're living in today, with all the upheavals and all the unknowns and all of the uncertainties and with an economy that seems like it's crashing and inflation that's increasing, God's word commands us not to be anxious about anything. What does anything mean? Anything. It excludes nothing. But again, we have the tendency to be anxious about everything. We're anxious about things that haven't even happened yet. Jesus makes it plain, take no thought. Don't be anxious about something that's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to prove to you that I'll take care of you today. And if I've taken care of you today and every previous day of your 30, 40, 50 year life, I'll take care of tomorrow. Amen? Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation. By prayer and petition, yeah, we come to our Heavenly Father and we talk to Him about the things that we have need of, things that could make us anxious, but we're not going to be anxious because we have a loving Heavenly Father who knows what we have need of even before we ask. But then you notice these verses, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a passage of scripture that many of us have memorized. We're able to quote it verbatim. We understand it intellectually, but somehow, some way, we have often, even when we quote it, we leave out that two-word prepositional phrase with thanksgiving. Oh, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Well, I didn't quote that accurately because it says, with thanksgiving. Why with thanksgiving? Because when we have a thankful heart, that elicits a favorable response from God. How do we feel as parents when our kids come with a grateful heart and with a pleasing disposition? They're not making demands of us. Daddy, can I, can I have that? I, you gave that to me before, and I, I'm so thankful. I, I, I would like to have it again. What, what's your delight? Child, let me lavish you. When they come with an attitude, you want to take your belt off, right? Now, you could tell I'm telling all my age. That's, that's something that would put us in prison these days. But I'm thankful that I raised three God-fearing children and the belt didn't hurt. I don't want to get into that because I've already apologized to my children for the times I did it in anger. God promises that when we pray and request with thanks, he responds by giving us supernatural peace. We all want answers to our prayers. We all want peace in the midst of the storm. 
but did we pray with thanksgiving? It's a key. Gratitude will also bring contentment to our hearts. So much discontentment in the world today. Paul said to Timothy, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and neither can we carry anything out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. It's been well said, gratitude makes what we have enough. If we had more gratitude in our hearts, we would look at our circumstances, we would look at our provision and say, it's enough. God's given me everything that I need. God's word is true. He is not a man that he should lie. And if his word says he gives us everything that pertains to godliness and to life, everything. Now, maybe you're not going to get your Mercedes Benz, but you're going to get what you need. You're going to get four wheels that will get you to work. God knows what we need, and he is faithful to supply that need in our lives. But we need to be grateful because gratefulness is the key to contentment. And when we're content, you know what happens? We have more joy in our lives. And I believe that when we see so many sour Christians these days who are always despondent, always miserable, always grumbling, always complaining, they have no joy in their lives. You know why? Because they don't have any gratitude. They're not looking at what they have. They're looking at what they don't have. And I love what Bill Johnson says. If you're looking for God to give you what you don't have, you first need to thank him for what you do have. That's a challenge that I believe we all need to embrace because we take our blessings for granted. And we come to God, God, give me this. God, I need that. Did we stop to say, thank you, Father, for all these blessings that you've already lavished upon me. I think of the children of Israel. When they were delivered out of their captivity, they, when they were restored to their homeland, we read these beautiful words from Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, can you imagine being in Babylonian captivity for 70 years, finally coming back to no place like home? We were like those who dreamed, is this for real? Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Doesn't Peter say that knowing Christ and having Christ is joy unspeakable? I cannot describe it. I cannot express it fully. It's full of glory, and it's all focused on him, not on things. It's on him and what he has done and what he gives and what he provides and how he shows himself good, how he shows himself faithful, how he shows his mercy and goodness and love and kindness. And to think that we go through life with him, Christ in me, the hope of glory. No matter how bad the situation in this world might become, we have no cause for fear, for doubt, for discouragement, for despondency, because we have Christ. Not on the outside of us, he's in us. 
not in this church. We bring Christ with us into this church, and that's why his presence is here. He doesn't dwell in a building of brick and stones. He dwells in living stones, those of us who've been quickened and made alive by his spirit. Gratitude also will guard our hearts against envy. Envy and jealousy is an awful, awful something that we never want to be tainted with. And we are filled with a world that is always showing us, isn't that toy look like something I'd love to have? Why does so-and-so have it and I don't? I deserve it more than they deserve it. But when we have grateful hearts, we say, thank you, Lord, for blessing them. Thank you for blessing me. There's enough for everyone. We can cheer rather than compare. We need to stop comparing and start cheering the goodness and the faithfulness of God and have hearts that are wholly grateful. There's no room for envy in our hearts. And finally, as we look at this inward aspect of gratitude, gratitude helps us live our lives in the present. Sadly, so many of us want to live in the past or in the future. But Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 7.10, Say not, why were the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask this. If you're looking for a more contemporary translation of that verse, here's the NLT. Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. The good old days are never coming back. <laughs> so why spend your time and your energy thinking about them? But God gives us today, today to know him, today to be blessed by him, today to express our gratitude to him. Jim Elliott famously said, wherever you are, be all there. Are we all here today? We're here physically, but are we all, all of us? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I want my mind, I want my will, I want my emotions to be fully integrated and participating in what's going on in this house today, in beholding the beauty of the Lord, in gazing upon his glory, and being grateful for his blessings. All that is within me. You know, the reality is in so many churches today, people are sitting in a pew because they know that's what's expected of them on a Sunday, and I did my duty. I came to see my child perform in the uh, children's choir. I made them happy. Are you making God happy? Are we living with an attitude of gratitude because it opens our eyes to the simple beauty of even the most ordinary days. Today may be a very ordinary day, but it can be very extraordinary. I think we've all heard the little ditty that says, yesterday is the past, tomorrow is the future, but today is a gift. That is why it's called the present. Are we thankful for the present that God gave us today? where we could love him and know his love. Finally, the outward aspect and benefit of growing in gratitude, it enables us to win spiritually over the adversary of our souls. 
because gratitude defies Satan's lies in our life. We've been talking about the devil is a liar. He's the father of lies. He cannot do anything but lie. It is impossible for him to ever speak the truth. Just think of what a different kind of story it would have been in Genesis if Adam and Eve did not cave in to the lie of the enemy. Isn't it amazing? They were in a perfect garden. It produced abundantly. They didn't need to weed. They didn't need to work. Every plant was theirs but one. And the devil had to lie, causing them to focus on what they didn't have instead of being grateful for everything that they did have. That 99%, and God said this 1%, that's, don't touch it. Because instead of having gratitude in their hearts, they looked for more. I say, God, have mercy on our selfish, never satisfied, indulgent souls. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for focusing on the little that we lack when you've given us so much in abundance. It will defy the lies of the enemy and it will protect us from the attacks of the enemy because when God sees we have grateful and thankful hearts, we are exercising a spiritual warfare that defeats the strategy and the tactics of the enemy. We read in Psalm 119, verse 164, David praised God seven times a day for his righteous judgments. I say, Lord, forgive me if there are even three times a day that I stop and say, thank you, Lord. But what did God say to David? Because David had a heart full of gratitude. In Psalm 89, we read, and I will beat down his foes before his face. I will plague them that hate him, but my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. David's not going to be defeated. David's face is never going to be covered with shame because David loves me, because David praises me, because David thanks me. I'm going to exalt him. I put a two-edged sword in his mouth and he declares the praises of God. The enemy is defeated in his life. And that's the victory that God wants us to have in our lives. That's the victory that God wants us to have as a testimony that as we praise God, as we live in a life of praise and thanksgiving, he shows us his victory and we become more than conquerors through him who has loved us. That's what we're called to as kingdom disciples. But are we growing in gratitude? You know, being thankful to God is not just God's request. And it's not that God needs our thanks. We need to give it to him so that our focus could get off of ourselves, our sinful selves, and be put on him. And when we praise him and thank him, he inhabits those praises and reveals himself to us, reveals his power, releases the answers that we're looking for, and shows us his glory. 
And so here's the challenge this morning. It's given to us in Hebrews 13 and verse 15. Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. God, you're good. God, you're merciful. God, you're gracious. And as we close the service this morning, we're going to close with that song to give thanks. But before we do that, I just want us to stand. And I want you to open your mouth wide and begin to say, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Yes, let's speak to him today. Let's express our gratitude. Father, we want to grow in gratitude today. We want to acknowledge your goodness. We want to acknowledge your greatness. We want to acknowledge your love. We want to acknowledge your mercy. You've been a faithful God. You've been a good God. You've been a loving God. You've been a, a kind and a merciful God, even when we didn't deserve it. God, you've, you've shown us your grace. We love you today we praise you today we worship you today oh God we thank you today for your great salvation thank you for taking my sin thank you for taking my shame thank you for nailing it to the cross thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses me and washes me and makes me whiter than snow thank you Lord thank you for the joy of sins forgiven. Thank you, God, that you're my Abba. Thank you that I have access in the very throne room of God. I praise you today that I could come before you with my needs and say thank you, God, that you're equal to this need, that you're greater than this need. You're the almighty God. You're the omniscient God. You're the omnipotent God. We praise you today. We thank you today. You're worthy of our praise. Is he worthy of your praise? Is he worthy of your praise? Let's thank him today. Let's praise him today. Let's acknowledge his goodness and his grace today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. You're a good, good father. We give you thanks. Abba, you're a good, good father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for every mercy. Thank you for every grace. Thank you for loving one such as me. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. Now let's sing our thanks to him. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Hallelujah.